0: And Michael Ball in the chair with you on this Friday as we wrap up the show. Very snowy Friday. I'll get into that in a second. Ballsy along with my sidekick, the best producer in the business, Sean Kleisinger. Also, Gloria riding Shotgun, Gloria Evans from our morning show. She is uh, promoting the Humboldt Broncos lottery. Money going for ice rental, billeting, travel... Meals before and after the game. Make sure you help out. 1-833-733-2022. We got a loaded show today. Todd Johnson, the U of our Cougars before 4.30 to put the ball in their hockey season. Got our Chase the Ace Lottery with Cindy and the gang in from the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders Foundation. The lottery brought to you by Viterra. The jackpot is slowly growing. We're going to talk about our sports ticker or our sports, a cage, pardon me, uh, clutch performer of the week and check in with uh, the former president of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, a former president, John Lipp, about the very first time the Grey Cup came here to Regina. Of course, it's the fourth time we're hosting. It happens in November. Bring it to the heartland is the theme. That first time it was called Huddle Up. We'll also talk Moose Jaw Warriors hockey with James Gallo and 5.30 Vernon Davis Formerly of the San Francisco 49ers, Super Bowl champion, Denver Broncos. He'll join us. We'll talk with uh, Ben Hebert again. It's the thing we're going to do every, uh, every week called Sports Cage Rewind, where we take a look at the best bits or interviews from the week that was. And also Jim Mullen, Football Canada's a loaded show, as always. And the show is brought to you by Nelson Holmes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. But everybody needs a good neighbor. My grandpa told me this before he died. You need a good minister. You need a good mechanic and you need a good doctor and throwing a dentist too. for our Manitoba friends. They probably don't care about that. But here in Saskatchewan, we care about doctors too, dentists, but also you need a good neighbor. And I've always had a good neighbor and I have one today. My buddy Larry across the street out there in white city, Emerald park. Uh, My, the snowblower I inherited from my girlfriend because it was hers is kinda it's a has a choke issue. And much like um the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs, it chokes. And so it choked halfway through the driveway uh clearing, and I'm shoveling like a madman, but I'm 49. I'm not 29. Old 70-year-old Larry comes over. This dude, if I could last that long and look that good, he comes over. He blows the driveway for me. I shoveled the front. He made me shovel the front, but he blew the driveway, and it's awesome. And the thing, Zinger, the thing about out in White City is you're not allowed to park on the street. Not allowed to park on the they, street. They let you if you're having like a big party, I guess. But generally, you're, you're supposed to park in your driveway. That's why everybody has the big, wide, long driveway. Um that's great in the summer and the spring, early fall, but when it's wintertime and when your when your snowblower chokes like the uh, Buffalo Bills or the Minnesota Vikings Yeah, I like that one better. Then uh then yeah, you need your neighbor. Um I'll have to shovel the back so my dog can go out and take a leak. <laughs> But first, I got to go call a Pats hockey game. Anyway, let's head out on the Western Pizza hotline. Uh, all our guests brought to you by Western Pizza in terms of the hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime is a great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. And our text line. If you want to weigh in, we're more than happy for you to join in. And we'll read some of your texts. It's powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one GM dealership. Okay, let's roll out to that uh, hotline and speak with the professor. This is Football 101, Don Hewitt. Huey, you got a snowblower or are you shoveling? Well, will
1: Larry come to the east side of Virginia
0: like immediately? <laughs> is he available?
1: He probably could. He, pro-
0: he probably could.
1: Yeah. Do you Larry, sh- get, get right into the town, right into the big city.
0: So you don't have, then, you don't have a snowblower?
1: Actually I, I do. I, I'm just kidding about Larry. I I blew it out because uh I'm not a youthful forty nine like some people I know. Yeah. I'm much older. So I, I need a I need a snowblower Bro. that's actually
0: worked. So do I, like, man. I I need. Yeah, I need one too. I was up against it because <laughs> I had to come back in here to do the show, man. That's a lot of snow. But I'm hearing from my farmer it friends, is. this is a good snow. It's kind of the wet snow. Like the other snow we had was powdery. It won't be good for moisture. I don't know. I think snow is snow, but apparently it's not done.
1: Yeah, well, you have to be, uh, you know, an expert in rural Saskatchewan. There are good folks, so they're on the farms. They know much better than city slickers like ourselves. And uh, you know, we should have a good uh, spring runoff. Hopefully it doesn't uh, melt too quickly and uh, it'll be a good start for all the crops in Saskatchewan for sure. I was going to say, I'm really looking forward to your uh, John Lipp interview for sure because he was so, uh, plug to John, he, he was so instrumental in, in getting the Grey Cup here in 1995 and did such a fabulous job. And Boy, that was that was big time news back then when Saskatchewan hosted their first Great Cup. It was absolutely mm-hmm.
0: fabulous. A lot of skepticism about it because uh, of oh. hotel rooms and everything like that. And we have a story about Grey Cup hotel rooms uh, coming up a little later on in the show. As that controversy was raging in Regina online about overcharging for rooms, and now it's kind right. of been settled, so to speak. But uh, yeah, and John Lip uh, is on the uh, Plaza of Honor committee. You've been added. Cates has been added. Now yep, he's now, the he's the boss. He's a yeah, big dog. Yeah, no. Now so I'd asked him this earlier and I want you to now push the envelope here not for myself but for the likes of uh I don't know, a Bob Hughes, a Dale Isaac, maybe a Jeff Courier. Like why is there no a uh, Rob Vanstone? Why is there no media wing of the plaza? There needs to be a media wing. The the guys that and and gals that have brought the stories to the fine people of Saskatchewan about this football team.
1: Yes, and don't forget the legendary John Lynch as well. Wow, there's Lynch, there's call Ron, Ron Lynch.
0: Barnett, all those guys.
1: Well, I mean, that is definitely something you will have to talk to the big man John Lipp about uh, later in your show because uh, he'd be much more qualified uh, to talk about the media wing. I don't really know all the stories behind uh, why there's no media wing or why they haven't done anything like that, uh, but I'd have to refer to John.
0: Okay, way to deflect. You're a politician. I get it. Well, you're on the committee now. You could do something about it, Huey. Come on, you're the professor. You walk in there with your scrapbook, you throw it down and say, I've jotted down some names, put Lynch in this damn thing. You could get it done, Huey. And then the guy that
1: saved me at that table when we you know, met for the Plaza of Honor was the same guy that saves me on air in the pre- and post-game shows by the name of West Kane. Oh, yeah.
0: That's he, a good you know, addition.
1: fumbling That's- and bumbling, he just... He's seen smooth things
0: out. That's a good addition. I like Wes. Wes is a good dude. Okay, so let's talk about some of the things. Um, I had uh, talked this week uh, with a couple of guests. What Sam Hurl was one of them. What? I think we're all in agreement, Huey, that the PAT that actually started in the CFL and the NFL picked up on it, like they do so many of our little changes. Uh, That was a great rule change, moving it back to the 32-yard line, 33-yard line. What other rule would you like to see changed in the cfl
1: well here's the big issue for the cfl and uh, nothing's really happened that i've seen so far but the biggest thing that has to happen absolutely has to happen in 2022 is they have to get more offense especially after all the shootouts and the exciting football we saw in the nfl playoffs i mean let's let's be honest Uh, there has to be moves to get the ball uh, moving in 2022 and uh it, it hasn't really happened yet and of course we we had this idea we were the ones that floated this idea first of all and I, I think it was a pregame show that we were doing last year ballsy but you know i mean right now you start you start seven canadians the rest can basically uh, be you know americans and you've got to uh, have an even split of how many americans can start between offense and defense i mean nobody's going to go to four down football i mean too many people wouldn't like it they wouldn't approve of it they want the uniqueness to the cfl and i think this is this has to happen It has to be a tweak to the the roster rules uh, i won't affect recruiting because i mean they recruit the best players they can find anyway they have to get an even amount of Americans on offense and defense and get more touchdowns. So that's what has to happen in the CFL this year. They can't be going to these uh, flat, boring, no offense, no touchdown games anymore because uh, we, we've seen what what they're up against after not playing in, you know, in 2020. Uh, you know, I even was thinking even last year because of COVID, uh, you know, it affected attendance. It shouldn't this year. Uh, even, even getting into the communities, the teams haven't been able to get into the communities. Mm-hmm. They uh, the riders are so good at it, they haven't been able to do it because of COVID. But what they're going to have to do is better put a better product on the field, a more exciting product on the field, and that's what has to happen. And make any rule change you can think of to get offense going.
0: You don't think uh, you don't, and I'm not an I'm not waving the flag in any way, but do you think, because some people have said four downs, that would mean less punting, more time with the offense on the field. If we went four downs and kept all of our other rules, motion, everything like that, would you, and maybe tweak, like you said, with the equal amount of, you know, Canadians, offense, defense, would you be in favor or would you uh, concede that?
1: Well, maybe you could look at it as as the the, sort of the fan base gets, gets sort of the younger people get to be more of the main fan bases of the CFL and some of the older farts like myself or, you know, hit the six feet under or whatever. I think there's just too much of a, a base of older CFL fans that, that would be dead against it. And if you look at the, right now, the four downs, and if you look at really, you know, really, uh, you know the, the, the fact that all teams lost a lot of money last year, they can't tick off anybody, that's going to buy a CFL ticket. That's the problem. And to get this thing turned around and get it going, maybe at some point that could happen. Yeah. Uh, but uh, right now they they can't afford to have somebody saying, "Well, you know what? This really ticks me off. I don't want to go to a game because they're going to 4 on football. They're trying to be like the NFL. Whatever. Mm-hmm. They just the PR wise, they
0: can't afford." It. Well, uh, Don Hewitt, the professor, joining us for Football One One as we are talking, uh, you know, CFL news and notes. Um, yeah, you talk about. You talk about uh, the Canadian ratio. Liam Dobson, highly touted lineman, not with the Blue Bombers now. He's elected to go to the All U. Right. E- elected to go to the USFL. Now, I'm not saying we should panic, but if and then of course there's Jones in Calgary, once out of his contract and is mad at the Stamps for not letting him out of his contract. Derek Jones to go to the USFL. You know, if we lose some of these USFL guys, how about this? We look at adding Canadians to the roster, to the ratio, adding them as starters. Do you think this league could add a couple more? Maybe even get it to 10 a team? Because I really, you know, we hear this all the time. Well, it's getting better. It's getting better. There are a lot of good Canadian football players that don't get a chance.
1: Well, they do. now. Is Dobson, Dobson is a Canadian, is he not? Yes, he is. So they actually lost the canadian to the usfl and in, in part to, of course the dollar so that that is a that is that was not good for the league uh it was not good for the winnipeg blue bombers that was a, a tough thing to see uh so you know you could argue that uh yeah maybe maybe uh that could happen but the fact is there's there's so many uh american football players down there i mean we once had a stat 10,000 in all divisions of U.S. college football, 10,000 graduates a year out of U.S. college football. So, uh, you know, you're pro-Canadian, I'm pro-Canadian, so maybe they should add a Canadian or two anyway. But I I don't think there's any shortage of talent that's going to come up uh, to the uh, CFL via U.S. because of the USFL. I I don't think so. They may lose the odd guy, but from what I've seen of the signings, so far in the CFL, they look pretty good, and they look pretty good with
0: Saskatchewan as well. You uh, talked about John Lip, another president that uh, did a lot for this football team and kept this team afloat. Was Tom Shepard? Now, sometimes he was a little abrasive, uh, and that's just and that's charming to me. I like Tom. Tom and I always got along. But what Tom did right. is he would basically go into a room and tell you you were buying a ticket. He, you know, he you're buying a ticket to this lottery. He'd basically get you in a headlock. I like what this new president mm-hmm. in Edmonton is doing. He he is apparently talking to at least 350 fans a day. He's making videos right. on his own. This guy is really hitting the ground running. They sold 4,000 season tickets exactly. in a in a couple of days. It's the old school mentality. Get back to your grassroots. I love it. Same with Dolman and BC. It's nice to have a breath of fresh air in this league.
1: Well, you know, I remember in the early 80s, uh, after games, the Rough Riders uh, went in the you know, Agribition Building, I believe, which is right beside the Brand Center, and uh, poured in fans, and and then General Manager Jim Spabatal would stand uh, at the doorway and shake everybody's hand, every Rider fan that went in there uh, after the game, he'd shake uh, everybody's hand. Now this is Saskatchewan, that will still work, and as I said earlier in the, in our conversation, I mean, this is the year that the Rough Riders have to get back into the community and, and go hog wild because the, the COVID is is getting better. It's it, it's not going to affect the tenants, but th- this is huge for Saskatchewan now to uh, get back to those gears of doing just that, getting more into the community. I'm sure they're going to, and all teams in the CFL, every team in the CFL has to get out there and uh, follow leads like the Edmonton president, et cetera.
0: You're a longtime sportscaster. You know more than just football, and I know we call this football 101. But I just saw this before I uh, came on the air here on the sports cage on mm-hmm. this Friday for Nelson Holmes. Uh, the Washington Capitals have banned Ukrainian flags at their games and Russian flags at their games. They want no controversy. Um, how do you okay. feel? How do you feel about the Russian athletes, like Ovechkin, like Backstrom, like some of these guys, getting squeezed in this situation?
1: Well, the thing with Ovechkin is, and I know he has family in Russia, he has to be very careful. Uh, thing with Ovechkin, though, uh, and now we're getting political. We're sort of relating to sports, but Ovechkin has been a friend of Vladimir Putin. Uh, Vladimir Putin has always been a killer. He has always killed people from the get-go. Uh, nothing like coming into a country besides the size of Ukraine like he's doing now, but. I just hope that that he will, you know, he did say he wants peace and whatnot, but I just hope he will sort of reconsider hmm. these sort of things in in his next comments. I know he he did want peace, uh, but I I don't I don't think uh, I don't agree with what the Washington Capitals are doing. You, you know what? You can't have freedom of speech. Well, that's what we have. That's why we are democracies, and that's why. Uh, we're we're not uh, in favor of what's going on in the Ukraine and what Putin is doing. So, for the Washington capitol to do that, no, I do not agree with that at all. And I hope Ovechkin, you know, at some point, <laughs> can come out with a little bit more detail as to how he's changing his mind on this. But again, when you have family in Russia, you,
0: you got to watch. Scared. Yeah, you're you care scared you,
1: for your family, so yeah, you got to understand that part from him. I I mean, he's in a he's in a difficult position, but. You know, and, and uh, you know, it's uh,
0: Putin. Uh, yeah, he's, he's not a good dude. He's, he's not a evil evil good dude. Man. Yeah, he's not a good dude. Hey, Don, thanks for this, man. Really appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend, okay?
1: Have a good weekend,
0: Baldy. Thanks. That's the Professor Don Hewitt, Football 101, with a little hockey talk. We have got uh, the uh, uh, sports ticker coming up. And on the other side, uh, we're going to hear from Todd Johnson. He's the U of R Cougars men's hockey coach putting a bow on their season. They lost to another Cougars uh, in the uh, playoffs last weekend. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Ah! Time now for Cougars in the Cage as we take a look at the University of Regina sports scene and we'll head out the Western Pizza hotline here on this Friday for Nelson Holmes on the Sports Cage and talk to the head coach, Todd Johnson. Todd, ten, is it 10 years now, head coach of this program? Yeah,
2: this was my 10th year. It's hard to believe that uh, 10 years have gone by rather quickly, actually.
0: Yeah. So time is flying. You're uh, you're now uh, headed uh, as a dad now that the season's done to be a hockey Hockey dad, right? you where are you driving to right now?
2: Yeah, we're driving to Moose Jaw. We have uh, my youngest boy has a game here in Moose Jaw um, this evening, so we're heading there, and uh, almost playoff time for all the all, all my kids.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Do you have to bite your tongue not give them the fourth period on the way home?
2: Yeah, you know what? They, we're very fortunate that they all have uh, pretty good coaches, so I don't have to say too much.
0: By the way, I want to let people know we are going to have our Chase the Ace Lottery Saskatchewan Roughriders Foundation coming up here in a couple of minutes I just uh, went a little longer with Don Hewitt here with Todd Johnson, coach of the U of R Cougars men's hockey team Okay, uh, TJ, um, just uh, put a bow on your season a tough, uh, tough weekend uh, loss a uh, couple games there to the uh, Mount Royal Cougars my alma mater uh, way, way back in the day uh, they weren't in the uh, U sports, but they are now that was, uh, that was a, a tough weekend set
2: it was you know what uh we went into mount royal without playing we had a bye week and then we had a league bye so we had we had almost three weeks off of uh any kind of competition before we went into mount royal and you know it took us a little while to get going on friday night unfortunately we fell four three but we played very well in the third period and you know that, that that just kind of pushed us forward into saturday's game and saturday's game we were up 2-1 with 30 seconds left and they scored hmm. to tie it and you know we had a couple chances in overtime and just didn't get it done and you know i really felt we deserved at least to play sunday um you know we played a little bit shorthanded uh we had a, an injury early in the first period of friday night which you know hurt us a little bit it was a pretty important uh pretty important piece to our power play um but in saying that again i'm very proud of the guys obviously we wanted to play sunday and who knows? Who knows what would have happened if we went into game three?
0: Okay, uh, quickly here, we're up against the clock, Todd, and I know you got to be a hockey dad, but uh, give me a shout-out to a couple of your all-stars, uh, Chalk and your goalie, Holpe. Yeah,
2: You know what? I can't say enough. I mean, Brandon came in. He really was like third third goalie for us up until the 1920 season, and that's really our, our come-out season where, you know, he kind of took the ball by the horns and played very well. It's unfortunate the COVID year we didn't play. And then, uh, I mean, you can't say enough about Connor Chalk. He was our captain. He was our leader. Um, he just grew as a player from the moment he got into our program. And, you know, he's already playing over in Europe. So that just shows you that, uh, how, how well of a season that he had.
0: Well, Todd, you're welcome on this show anytime. Thanks for the quick update. Great season. Uh, look forward to uh, another great season of U of R Cougars hockey uh, next year. Safe travels to Moose Jaw. Good luck to your kids. All right, thanks, Bobby. Appreciate it. Todd Johnson joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. On the other side of the break, it is going to be Chase the Ace. This is the sports cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. And it is time for the Chase the Ace Lottery, presented by the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation and also presented by our good friends at Viterra. We're into week 15, and joining me here. It's usually the lovely and talented Cindy Fuchs, but it's the handsome John Halverson. How are you today, buddy? Oh, I'm not too bad. Let's get doing right doing into that mic, man. It's oh. kind of directional. That's good. We want the people to hear you. People want to hear you. Uh, the lottery week 15. We are at our weekly prize now, 5437 bucks. But John, what's the grand prize at?
3: Grand prize is $68,034. So we got a lot of money that we could potentially be giving away today.
0: Okay, so you're the Pat Sajak here. You're the game show host. You got to tell me, uh, how they can go about winning the grand prize what happens here
3: you bet so i'm gonna pick a winner here shortly Mm -hmm. second and that winner they're guaranteed the weekly prize Mm -hmm. that's the sweet part about this deal we're gonna ring them up we're gonna get them on the line then they have a chance to select from 52 cards here which 14 cards are off the board right now and if they pick the correct card which is the ace of spades the cody fajardo ace of spades they're, they're going home very, very lucky because they Ooh. got $68,000. Wouldn't that be
0: nice? Otherwise, the pot will grow if they don't pick the right one.
3: It continues. That's exactly it. 20% of the weekly sales go to the weekly prize, and then 30% goes towards next week. So.
0: Okay, so well, bet. let's do it, John.
3: You bet. We're spinning here. Yeah. Spitting out the winner. hmm Winner's in. It's a winner from Davidson.
0: Davidson, the halfway city.
3: Miles Cross.
0: Miles Cross. All right, we'll try to get a hold of Mr. Miles Cross at the halfway city, the home of my good friend Mirad El-Khatib, who is the president of the Regina Thunder. And with that in mind, the money that... uh, you know, that is uh, generated by this lottery goes back to a lot of different things, including minor football.
3: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We support um, football Sask and mm-hmm. then all the amateur elite teams throughout Saskatchewan, with, again, being, being uh, rats team mm-hmm. there that is one of the beneficiaries of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, we we love it because that's, uh, that's something that we love supporting.
0: So uh, an automatic $5,437. What would you do if, if you won 5400 bucks, John, and you can't win and I, I can't, can't win, win. but... What if you won fifty-four hundred bucks? You know,
3: I don't even like playing this game because that's exactly it. None of us can win. But you know what? Fifty-four. You got to think vacation right yeah. now. Yeah. Right? Where would you
0: go? I was just in Dubai. I was in the Middle East. It was outstanding. Well, wow, what took you to Dubai? Uh, big- my uh, significant other's brother is a. Is an oil uh, yeah. rep there, executive, and so I we hung out at his house. Yeah, no, it sounds like oh, ballsy's got money. I don't. <laughs> I I got it. I went on the cheap. But what would you? Where would you go?
3: You know what? I've actually South America's been on my radar a yeah? little bit. My girlfriend, she's got family in um in Portugal, so she also would probably be itching to go there. So either Portugal or South America. That's I where
0: think. you. That's what you gotta do. Yeah. Did you shovel today?
3: I have not yet. I'm being a bad neighbor. I
0: got to get out there. Yeah, you got to be a good neighbor, like my buddy Larry out at White City. Now, um, it's hard to believe football is not that far away. We're training camps only about a couple months out, man. That's
3: exactly it. Yeah, no, things are. Things are rolling. The office is starting to get a lot more busy. Oh.
0: Okay, yeah. we'll get to him in a second. Yeah, for
3: sure. office is starting to get a lot more busy. Obviously, J.O. and crew are making a lot of moves, and we mm-hmm. love some of the guys that they're signing. They're doing such a good job of bringing just high-character guys, and we love that for the foundation.
0: Okay, so I believe, what's his first name again? Miles. Miles Cross. Let's head out in the phone line and speak to Miles Cross and Davidson. Miles, are you there? I'm here, thanks. Awesome, Miles. So, uh, sh- uh, shoveling? Do you got a front end loader? Are you, you got a snow blower? What do you do? Lots of snow out there uh, at the halfway city? Uh, lots of snow here, and I'm a shoveler. Oh, you're a shoveler. Wow. Yeah. Look at you, mister. Mr- yeah, that's right. Well, don't, it's heart attack snow, man. Heart attack snow. Well, I got some good news for you. You can afford a couple of snow blowers now. 5437 bucks in your jeans. Is that not cool or what?
4: That is very cool. Thank you. Yes.
0: So, Miles, uh, I, I like to know this. And fans, okay, what did Miles do? What secret sauce did he use? What kind of combination did you buy? Did you buy the 50 pack? What did you, what did you go with? Uh,
4: the $10.25 pack. $10.20. So, what,
0: oh, how 10 does that 20, go? 20,
3: 10 for 25, sorry.
0: 10 for 25. So, is that, how does it go? Can you give us the, yeah, the breakdown, John? So,
3: you can get one ticket for $10, yep. 10 for 25, as yep. Miles did. You yep. can do 50 for 50 or 200 tickets for $100.
0: Okay, Miles, so this is beauty, man. You already got money in the bank. What are you going to, by the way, what are you going to, like, what are you going to buy your favorite uh, sports talk host f- with the 5400 bucks? That's the big question.
2: Oh, geez. I'll,
5: I'll need a day to think about that one.
0: Yeah. You, you mean you got to need a day to think about who your favorite talk show host is? Thanks a lot. Appreciate <laughs> that, pal. Okay, so you got 5437 bucks. Which card are you going to take? For an opportun- or number you're going to take for an opportunity to win over 68,000 dollars. You got between one and 52. you pick a number. I'll tell you if it's been picked yet. That's how we'll do this. 15.: 15. 15. That one is open, so we're going to take number 15. I believe that's Mike Adams number if I'm not mistaken. Safety for your Saskatchewan rough Ride. I believe so
3: Envelope is getting. Opened. Yeah.
0: John's opening it. I have nothing to do with it. If it doesn't go your way, blame John. This is the part, man. Got a good looking face though, you wouldn't want to punch that face. John, what do we got here? We
3: have the... Oh, it's oh. an ace, but it's an ace of hearts! Ace of hearts!
0: Jesus oh, you were so gracious. close, Miles Cross! But, oh, yeah, and you can see that online. The beauty of it though is, like, you don't, you don't walk away a loser here. Fifty four hundred and thirty seven bucks, man, congratulations! Awesome, Miles. Thanks for uh, playing once again. The Chase the Ace uh, lottery brought to you by the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation, and we should give a shout out, John, to our buddies over there at Viterra.
3: Absolutely, we truly appreciate Viterra and everything they do. Um, they're the reason we're able to run this Chase the Ace, and why we're able to give so much money back to the community. So big shout out to them. And Biterra. stop
0: by the Rider Store. Bring it to the Heartland. We got the Great Cup gear in there too. It's looking pretty good.
3: That's exactly it. My boy Mark in retail, he just crushes it every time. He creates some new gear, so I oh. suggest getting in there.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for this, John. I appreciate it. Congratulations to uh, Mr. Cross out in Davidson. He can go now to the A&W, the halfway A&W, and pick himself up a burger or something, or many burgers. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about that Grey Cup with the uh, former president of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, John Lip, who helped attract the very first Grey Cup here back in 1995. This is the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. 444 with the sports ticker, Briar Round
6: Robin starts up tonight. Saskatchewan takes on Alberta at 730 and Matt Dunstone's wild card, rink number two takes on New Brunswick also at 730. The sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right, 781-2090.
0: And thanks to Nelson Holmes for sponsoring Friday's edition of the Sports Cage. We like to call it a Football Friday. We like to mix in hockey and curling and those types of things, but on Friday, we do like to talk football. And we'll get to John Lipp, the past president of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and talk about bringing the Gray Cup here for the very first time back in 1995. Of course, the theme this year is Bring It to the Heartland, and we'll talk about that coming up in a second. But we do want to get to something we've started here on the Sports Cage. It is called our Sports Cage Clutch Performance where we recognize somebody that turned some heads in the world of sports. And yesterday, for a couple of reasons, it was Ben Sherrod of the Montreal Canadiens. His night in Calgary last night included a puck to the face, Stitches, and two goals, including the overtime winner for the Montreal Canadiens in a 5-4 win over the host Calgary Flames. The Habs dug out of a 3-1 deficit in the second and foiled the Flames in their bid to set a franchise record of 12 consecutive home wins at the Saddledome. Yeah, Marty St. Louis has the Habs playing some inspired hockey here, which might, oddly enough, ruin their chances at the first overall pick the way it's going. Now, this story's been simmering in Regina for a while. It started online, not going to lie to you. I let other people do the legwork on this, and then when I know there's something to it, then I'll talk about it. Regina Hotel under fire for cancelling Grey Cup reservations is changing their tune under media pressure. After multiple CFL fans took to social media earlier this week, accusing the Hampton Inn and Suites by Hilton in Regina's Eastgate that they had cancelled reservations for Grey Cup week without notifying patrons, the hotel is now reinstating all reservations at their original rate. The allegations that the hotel was cancelling those rooms, booked at a lower price point, prompted an invest from CTV Regina Steph Davis intensifying the scrutiny of the hotel. Now Three Down Nation spoke to a hotel representative on Wednesday who denied that any Grey Cup related cancellations were taking place and that rep also said the hotel's manager was currently out of the country and wouldn't be back in the Queen City for a couple of months. But because of steph davis and the persistence of three down nation a follow-up call on thursday saw a hotel employee contradict that story admitting to three down nation that the reservations had been canceled and were now being restored upon request of course you know hotel rooms are at a premium especially here in regina which is the smallest center to host a gray cup in fact the first time the gray cup came here they weren't sure that they would have enough hotel rooms, so they came up with the slogan, Huddle Up in Saskatchewan, where you opened your home, your dwelling, to out-of-towners so that they could stay and we could all celebrate the first Grey Cup in 1995. One of the guys who brought that here was the president, John Lip. back in the day, and he joins us in the Western Pizza Hotline. What was your favorite part, John Lip, about being president of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders?
7: <laughs> well, I was president in, in the era... Of expansion when we went through those expansion uh, years uh, when we had teams from the from the states uh, and that was an interesting interesting time Um, and it was you know a period that a lot of people look back and say well that was not a successful venture but in in a way it was because. had we not gone into expansion during that period and, and gotten the expansion money from these new teams, the league was financially in a pretty bad state in those days. A lot of the clubs were hurting. Uh, the league as a whole wasn't as strong as it you know, as it is these days. And expansion really helped uh, infuse some much-needed cash into the, the the league and into the various teams. So. Uh, and it added some certain excitement, uh, having uh, you know half a dozen new teams from the states that uh, came up here and played. And as you remember, in the '95 Grey Cup, which I helped bring here to the to Regina, it was uh, an American team that won their only Grey Cup. Uh, the Baltimore Stallions. Yeah, won won uh, to win the Grey Cup. But it was it was an interesting. Um, so that was kind of a highlight but the other highlight for me was that that, that we were able to bring the um, the great cup to regina for the to to be held in regina for the first time ever and that was uh, uh you know an accomplishment that I'm really very proud of because it it really uh, uh, uh helped regina and to, to be on the on the map nationally as far as hosting uh an event of that magnitude which yeah. we hosted it and it was an amazingly successful uh, event we we re, we brought back yeah, the whole idea of a Grey cup festival which had kind of gone by the wayside for a few years but we kind of brought that back and made it uh, you know uh, almost a week long celebration and party which it's it's kind of uh, become and, and has kind of yeah,
0: and you had of course uh, the the slogan i believe was huddle up in saskatchewan and, uh, and-
7: yeah. exactly yeah so, because, one, because one of the one of the concerns that the league had when we tried to uh, when we applied for the Grey Cup was well you don't have enough we said that's okay we'll find the people in saskatchewan are friendly and and uh, you know we'll', we'll people will open up their doors and which they did and that's out of that grew the slogan Huddle up in Saskatchewan. Come down here, stay with somebody, huddle up.
0: Yeah (laughs) hey uh, John
7: very successful.
0: Turned out to be a great, great cup, but if I remember correctly the day of the Grey Cup was kind of a white-knuckle ride. I know Al Ford was telling me fans were booing him because it was a bad year for the riders. Fans were booing him, saying you can't even pull off a Grey Cup. Nice, windy conditions. Were you, <laughs> were you John Lipp, a little bit nervous? Because that, that was a situation where they, I, I don't know if they were close to cancelling or postponing the game, but it was, uh, it was nip and tuck there for a while.
7: It was very close. I was very nervous. And, and, and the reason was that the winds were at, at a level... Earlier in the morning, uh, which exceeded exceeded the the levels for our insurance policy, that, you know that the insurance would cover us. I believe it was up to 80 kilometers. Our insurance was okay, but above that, if something happened, and and you know we had temporary stands up, and if, if they collapsed or something, then we would have been liable. So we that morning, uh, myself and, and Larry Smith, uh, who was the commissioner, we. Uh, we're constantly in contact with the weather uh, bureau and uh, trying to get constant updates. And, and we didn't open the gates for a couple of hours before the Great Cup simply because we had to wait. And if the winds wouldn't have died down, we would have had to postpone it. We couldn't take the risk of, of the liability if something were to happen. But fortunately, the winds died down enough so that then we opened the gates and uh, You know, and had a great, great
0: cup. The rest is history. This is a pleasure. You're one of the guys that's helped grow this game and keep it alive in Saskatchewan. And so, thanks for uh, taking some time out. I appreciate it. Uh, it My pleasure, Ballsy. That was John Lipp, who, yeah, did a great job helping to get this great cup here. A lot of people were skeptical, Zinger, that we could ever pull it off. And now we're going into our fourth one. Really looking forward to this. And I'll tell you what, this great cup right now, Zinger, Mm -hmm. uh, this year, very pivotal for the CFL. Like, they really need to have an upswing. Uh, you know, we're seeing some good things in Edmonton and BC. Like I said, uh, you know, uh, Hamilton did a pretty good job, all things considered, pulling off that Grey Cup. But this is a, I think this is the most critical year in the CFL's history. I really believe that.
6: And it all kind of starts with just the play on the field, don't you think? Like yeah. it, there needs to be a better play this year. Like, I, whether would you it's go more- four downs? Uh, I'm I'm not at that point quite yet. Uh, I'm gonna I'm chalking last year's season up to uh, having a year off due to COVID and things being fresh again and stuff like that. I'm not I'm not willing to go to four downs quite yet.
0: No, I'm not, not either. But I mean, we gotta we gotta look at uh, tinkering some things. I like Don's idea of having an equal amount of Canadians and Americans on a you know on offense and defense because. A lot of these coaches already pigeonhole these guys where they're gonna play. I was, it was a breath of fresh air that Coach Dickie and Coach Moss went with more Canadians as receivers. In my opinion, mm. you know, I, I like that. But a lot of times, it's like, okay, we're gonna go uh, center, guard, guard. Uh, you know our tackles are generally American, although the Riders kind of didn't have that this year. Uh, maybe an, an interior nose tackle, safety, maybe the odd linebacker. You know what I mean? You don't see yeah. a lo- you don't see a lot of Canadian corners. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Nelson LaCombe if he can come back from that Achilles, and I'm hearing he's doing some great things uh, off the field to get ready. So uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing what he can do, a Canadian in the secondary there. Uh, and
6: you said. As far as like having more Canadians, you want like more Canadians on the roster over. I want overall. more Canadians
0: on the roster. I'd like to see it. I think we could push but like, two more. If we're
6: if we're talking about having a better product on the field, mm-hmm. is that gonna enhance it or is that gonna lessen mm-hmm. it? Because you know?
0: I don't know. That's, I, I, I don't know, man. Like I, I think we need to we need to seriously look at this. You're still gonna have Americans. Nothing against Canadian. You're players still gonna, gonna in, have but. Americans that are gonna come up here. It, it, it'll drive their salary up because they're gonna have a limited. Uh, even more limits on who you can get. So you got to get the best guys and you'll have to pay for them. So Americans that really want to make money, that's, you know, that'll happen that way. It'll maybe drop that six Canadian linemen from making more than your middle linebacker. You put more Canadians on the roster, you balance it out and you have the, what I'm saying is more Canadians and as Don said, an equal number of Canadians. So you got to have five on offense, five on defense and you got to find a way to put them in there. I think that would be a good way to do it. And no more globals. Well, I mean, not till they can prove to me. Let Let's be honest. They didn't intend for it to be a kicker rule, but it is. Mm-hmm. They're attacking, except for that dude, I, and his name escapes me. In Winnipeg, oh, uh, he's like a fullback, Hansen? Yeah, 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 something like that. Something like that. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I
6: think his do, name's Hans. Do
0: you think Germany's tuning in because, or or Norway because Vedvik's our kicker? And no disrespect to uh, to Vedvik; he's a great player. But we're not getting any money. Nobody's tuning in like for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know.
6: Well, the the thing that sucks about it, too, the, the punter and kicker position historically in the Canadian Football League has belonged mm. to Canadians, and now mm. that's basically wiped off the board. Yeah, right? well, we so, lose an
0: icon in John Ryan because of it. Louis and Co- Yeah, like Coach says, Coach said, hey, All things equal, love to keep John, but we got this global thing, and that's basically what he said if you read between the lines earlier this week, and if you missed any of our interviews, you can check it out on our podcast, uh, the Sports Cage podcast, you'll find the link, and yeah, he basically said we we had to make a move, and we've, certain teams earmarked where they're going to put that global guy, and that's where they went with it, hey, got his
6: name right, by the way, Ballsy, it's Hanson, there you go, well, I knew you, you're you're
0: the best in the business, um, (laughs) New study says that being a fan of a bad football team can be hazardous to your health. So this just in, in both the CFL and the NFL, uh, the New York Jet uniforms and the Ottawa red-black uniforms will now have warning labels on them. <laughs> right? 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 <laughs> now, uh, now, no one knows uh, when the Major League Baseball season is going to start. Now, that's no big deal for me. I gave it up for Lent. <laughs> I give baseball up for length. I'm done. Like, I'm done. And uh, uh, Detroit soccer team, did you hear about this? Speaking no. of baseball, Detroit soccer team offered free tickets. To uh, Tiger fans, after Major League Baseball canceled opening the first opening weekend, you have a uh, soccer team. Yeah, I didn't know that. Wow. Uh, so soccer and baseball. This sports update brought to you by Naps.
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a more boring sport: baseball or soccer.
6: I, I love both sports, man. I, I I've watched a lot of mm. live games of both, so I have I have no ill will against any of those sports you just mentioned. The soccer is a l- beautiful game. Baseball, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's the beautiful first, too, man. The
0: first. Baseball game I've ever seen live was September of 2020, Uh, September of 2019, before the pandemic hit. I was in Arizona with Crescinda we watched the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Miami Marlins. Well, you know, that th- was an awful th- why
6: if that's going to be your first ever MLB game, and that's w- like the worst game you could go to, That was
0: terrible, man. You know what so the 50, doing... you know what the 50-50 was? And by the way, Americans, I was at a sold out UND hockey game on the weekend. I think the 50-50 was 3500 bucks. Like, for whatever reason, they don't, I don't think they trust the 50-50 lottery, to be honest with you. But do you know what the Jackpot was at the Diamondbacks game. Mind I think it's like
6: a thousand bucks. Mind you, you
0: mind you, it was fifty five hundred fans there. I started way in left field, ten dollar seats and moved my way down the first baseline. That's the ushers I,
6: didn't uh, check your tickets. No, they there. Didn't. They, they didn't don't, care. They're they not into that there, huh? They didn't
0: care. Uh it was seven hundred and fifty US dollars. Come on, man. Yeah, That's terrible. I was not uh, it didn't
6: leave a good taste in my mouth. You gotta go to a game at like Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park or Wrigley Field and, I go to and Petco then judge Park. it. You You can't go to a game with the Miami Marlins playing the D-backs. Yeah, okay. Come on.
0: I want to go see Petco Park uh, Padres. Okay, so I want to ask you this question. You're an NFL guy. We have NFL fans listening. The Bills are going to grant Cole Beasley, their outspoken anti-vaxxer receiver, who I like, great player too, um, permission to seek a trade, and the Cowboys likely to cut Amari Cooper. So which receiver would you rather have on your team? Cole Beasley? Or Amari Cooper Cooper uh, will cost you more I think
6: well it I think it depends what kind of receiver you're looking for if you're looking for obviously that slot-type receiver, it's Beasley, but I think overall, Amari Cooper's the better route runner. Like, he's one of the better route runners in the NFL. I'd probably say top-five r- route runner in the NFL. That's
0: pretty surprising that they're getting rid of him. So
6: I'm going with Amari Cooper to answer your question. I, yeah. Imagine him lined up with Devontae if he's back on Packers yeah, receiving you, you can't afford oh, yeah. him.
0: You can't afford Come him, on. though. Break the cap, baby. Cooper's due $20 million in fully guaranteed yeah, money on the fifth day of the new league year. That's why he's getting released. You don't want to deal with the headache, e- the
6: headache either that Beasley could potentially bring. Not saying I'm for or against his beliefs. It's just, you know. He brings a
0: spotlight, but he's a great slot receiver, man. And if you can get him on the cheap, mind you, you got to trade for him. So maybe he'll end up getting cut when nobody trades for him. Anyway, coming up on the other side of 5 o'clock, we are going to talk junior hockey with James Gallo, voice of the Moose Jaw Warriors. They're home to PA tonight. Of course, our paths right here on this radio dial will be – Home to the Red Deer Rebels. Actually, saw me with my blazer. I'm going to go call it on TV a little later on. Oh, you sexy yeah, well, I don't know if I'm sexy, just busy. <laughs> it's called Bills and Debt. Anyway, we'll be back with more of the Sports Cage on the other side of the 5 o'clock news uh, here brought to you by Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. Here's
8: your host, Michael Ball.
0: And wherever you're listening... However you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. We know you have choices and we're happy you chose us. Our show brought to you by Nelson Holmes. is Friday, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Please text us. Let us know what you're thinking about the show, sports topics of the day, even the road conditions, because that's a key. Sports important, but your safety, the utmost important to us here at 620 CKRM. And our text line is powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one GM dealership. Just after 630, we got the Pats pregame show. Pats and the Red Deer Rebels from the Brandt Center. Pats are just out of a playoff spot. Four back Rebels Are third in the standings, eight and two in their last 10, winners of six in a row. They've opened up with two convincing wins on this four game road trip. But we're going to talk a little bit about that and Moose Jaw Warriors hockey as the Warriors just behind the Rebels in the standings. Well, there's a bit of breathing room there, but they're fourth. Rebels are third. And we're joined on the Western Pizza Hotline by our friend James Gallo, voice of the Moose Jaw Warriors. He's in the broadcast booth getting ready for the Aiders and the Warriors. How are you today, James? Hey, Baldy. I
8: guess uh, road report. City
0: streets and moose jaw, not fun, pal. They're not. Fun no, at all. no. City of Regina just announced their uh, their new operation snow removal in May. That's what it's called. Just looking it's for sun, get it. looking it's for sun, get it. yeah, looking for Mother Nature to uh, <laughs> to uh, clean it out for us. Okay, so I got to ask you this uh, before we get to the Warriors and all things moose jaw. I have never watched the Red U Rebels this uh, this year. I'm going to call the game on Access Now Sports on TV. Um, what should I look for in the Red Deer Rebels?
8: They, they're well-coached. Steve connell has done an amazing job, in my mind. Coach of the Year candidate, 100%. Uh, they play a heavy, physical game. They won't give you a lot of space to work. Offensively, Arshdeep Baines, Ben King, dynamite. They are some, uh, some solid players. Again, they play that heavy, physical style. They, they like to grind you down a lot. Their defense, big. They can play some nasty games, and they're goaltending pretty solid. Uh, So they're a pretty well-rounded team and a well-coached team.
0: What do you think of our Regina Pats through the eyes of our hated rival, the Moose Jaw Warriors?
8: (laughs) You know, I think it's uh, they're different, right? I mean, everything kind of goes through Connor Bedard, and that's obvious when you look at the numbers. I think as of late, losing Logan Nyhoff, to me, is a huge loss. And, you know, as a guy watching Nyhoff from afar, uh, to me, he's a man. Like, he's a man out there and he plays like a man, and to not have him in your lineup, if he's not in the lineup again tonight, I think that's a tough loss. Um, you know, watching them, you know, I haven't seen the Pats for a bit, but uh, you know, they're offensively charged, and I think you know, they can they can score six, but unfortunately, they may give up seven, so I think that's one thing they kind of have to watch out for, and you know, down the stretch, I think Ballsy, the biggest thing for the Pats is their schedule. they got a lot of games to play in a short amount of time, and you know, can the legs keep going? All these kids are young and in great shape, but Boy, it gets tiring after a time.
0: Funny you say, uh, Score six, give up seven. It was the reverse the other night. They beat Brandon 7-6 with five guys having a multi-point night. And uh, Sim and Net made 40, uh, he made 40 saves, still gave up six goals. They won the contest. Speaking of goaltending, it starts with goaltending wherever you play. Uh, how about the uh, Western Hockey League announcing that your netminder, Carl Teduchuk, is the uh, goaltender of the month for the month of February as we turn the calendar here into uh, March, your first game of March. Just talk about him.
8: Yeah, Carl's been tremendous. I and mean, you look at February, you know, four two oh and one, a one twenty eight goals against a nine fifty two save percentage and two shutouts. And oddly enough, ballsy in one of those shutouts, he lost the game. You won't see that happen too often, but it honestly it happened. Um, that was a one nothing shootout loss in Lethbridge. But, you know, for me, Carl has been probably this team's MVP. He's given him a chance to win every single night. He makes, you know, the easy saves look easy. He makes some hard saves look easy. And he's just been a calm Presence in the net, and he's been a mature influence in the locker room. And with 16-year-old goaltender Jackson Unger kind of you know waiting in the wings, it's nice for him to be able to look at a guy like Carl Teterchuk and how he prepares physically and mentally for the grind of the Western Hockey League season. But Carl, you know, came over for a seventh-round pick, Baldy. That's all it took to get him, and he has taken sure. the ball and ran with it here in Moose Jaw, and he's been great. And and the fans have taken to him. Which is tremendous to see, but you know, Carl, in my mind, probably the Warriors' MVP this year. This
0: is James Gallo, voice of the Moose Jaw Warriors, getting ready for the uh, Raiders and the uh, Warriors, and they've got the uh, Wheat Kings in there tomorrow night. But this is your first game in March. You're coming off the Warriors; that is a loss in February, the end of February Sunday against the Blades. Only the third loss for the club in the month of February. Uh, did that four-five day break uh, do him some good?
8: yeah you know what I think they're just like every other team right I mean you know coming out of that COVID break you know the Warriors packed in a lot of games in a short amount of time it seemed like every other day we were playing we didn't lose a lot of games because of the COVID break and you know they kind of held on and and when you looked at the schedule you kind of identified February as the month that could make or break the season and you know they had a lot of winnable games in my mind and they win and they won a lot of those games and I think even in late January, they won some games that maybe people didn't expect them to win. I think about the game against the Winnipeg Ice and the game in Edmonton where they beat the Oil Kings 8-1. Um, you know, February was a big month for this organization. It put confidence into their legs. You know, you ended with a tough loss in Saskatoon, but I think sometimes you got to learn from those losses because, you know, in, in life you learn from your mistakes. They made some in that game, and hopefully moving forward they learn from them coming into, you know, the game against Prince Albert tonight and the big game against Brandon tomorrow.
0: Yeah, so as the fans uh, go to the... The beautiful rink in Moose Jaw. They're going to get a chance this weekend to see 19-year-old forward Calder Anderson expected to make his season debut. This dude's coming off a knee injury. What can we expect?
8: You know, Andy's a he's a dog and a bone, right? Like, he's one of those players that, you know, maybe point-wise, you know, he doesn't rack them up, but I think fans appreciate the way that he plays. And you know what it's like, Paul. They want those guys that they go in the corners, they go to the front of the net, you know, they hound pucks. They, they they make it hard for the opposition in all three zones. And that was that's what Calder Anderson is. And Calder, he's a character guy. And you can't have enough character inside your locker room this time of the year. Um, you know, he's going to push himself. And he's pushed himself to get back in the lineup. Coming back from surgery, uh, he's pushed himself to get here. And he's going to push his teammates as well. And to me, you know, getting Calder back in the lineup is a big boost. You know, not only on the ice, but off the ice as well. He's been around the team for... In the last couple of weeks and you know he was he's ready to go i talked to calder you know a couple of times this week just making sure that he's ready and and he's probably the most excited player that will be or most excited excited individual inside mosaic place he's pretty amped up for this one
0: we talked about your goalie being maybe the team's mvp but give me a couple of other names that obviously have been the key to your success fourth in the standings right now in the east
7: well, let's
8: start on the back end. <laughs> Excuse me. and I think you have to start with Captain Damon Hunt. You know, Damon, you know, he, he's a leader through and through. And, you know, I've said it before, you know, watching his maturing process this season has been amazing. He puts his team on his back. When he plays with an edge, uh, he's fantastic to watch. He plays that honest game, but he, he's more comfortable offensively to chip in a little bit more on that. Or he leads the Western Hockey League defenseman with 16 goals this season. And, you know, the other thing about Damon is he's a pro. Right. He he knows he wants to be a professional hockey player. He's a signed third round pick of the Minnesota Wild. He wants to play professionally. And when you have him in your locker room and to see how he prepares, it's great. Denton Matechuk, seventeen year old, highest ranked defenseman in the Western Hockey League according to Central Scouting. He needs to learn from a guy like Denton and he's done that. Denton fifth in defensive scoring as a seventeen year old. That that's amazing to see. So, you know, those two are a great tandem on the back end. You know, they have other guys like Lucas Brenton and Max Warner, a couple of 18-year-olds that have been tremendous. Um, And when you look up front, you know, you start with Ryder Korzak, the 19-year-old from Yorkton. You know, he's having another great year. Uh, Braden Yeager, the 16-year-old, is having a great year. And, and, you know, he's kind of like he's like Arbidard, right? I mean, he's Mm -hmm. a high-end, you know, young superstar that you're building around. And 25 goals on the year, which is great. He's chasing Theo Fleury's franchise record of 29 that he set in the first year of existence here in Moose Jaw. And then you know, how about 17-year-old Jagger Furkus? He's fifth in scoring in the Western Hockey League. He's the highest-scoring 17-year-old player in the Western Hockey League, which, which is truly amazing. So when you think about it, I know this league is built off of 20- and 19-year-olds, but when you look at the Moose Jaw Warriors, they have those, but they also have some of the best 17- and 16-year-olds in the league. So that's a big thing for now. And it's a big thing for the
0: future. This is James Gallo, voice of the Moose Jaw Warriors getting set for the Warriors and the PA Raiders of course here on 620 CKRM your voice of Pats hockey. We've got the Red Deer Rebels and the Regina Pats. Okay. Put your thinking cap on. You've seen the teams. In your opinion, who's the most underrated player in the entire league?
8: Oh, and the, you know what? I can only say Eastern Conference. Okay. I think, uh, I think that's fair just because mm-hmm. I haven't seen a Western Conference team in two years, and I honestly haven't watched the game all Western. Wow. That's when you'll see them, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so
0: in the East, who's the most underrated player in the Western, East?
8: That's a hard question, I think. I think. I think every team has them, right? You know, like I think, you know, I mentioned Logan Nyhoff with Regina Pats. I think outside Regina, he probably doesn't get the press, you know, that he deserves, um, you know, a guy like, you know, in Saskatoon, you know, you think about a guy like Tristan Robbins, but he gets a lot of press and, you know, be a signed second-round pick. That's a that's a tough question there, Ballsy. Well, that's that's, a a what, tough that's why I ask
0: I, it. That's why you know, I ask I
8: it. Go, I'd have to go with Archdeep Baines with the Red Deer Rebels. Okay. I know he's, he's in the top in the league in scoring, but I think coming into this season, no one would have picked Archdeep Baines to be where he is right now with regards to his point production and how he's leading the Red Deer Rebels. And, you know, I like the stories of guys that you know, are late bloomers, and they just they believe in themselves. The team believes in them. They're patient in the process, and that's what Archie Baines has done with the Red Deer Rebels. And you know, hopefully he's one of those twenty year olds that earns an NHL contract because I think that would be a great reward. So, you know, I don't know if he's underrated, but I think he's the guy that is probably one of the most surprising, and he's a great store in the Western Hockey League. So I would go with Archie Baines of the Red Deer Rebels.
0: Is Connor Bedard the best player in the East, or do you have somebody else that's the best player in the East?
8: You know, I, I, I think that's tough to say. I think, I think Connor might be one of the most valuable players in, in the East because, you know, take him out of the lineup and, and it'd be pretty tough for the Regina Pats. But, you know, I look at, you know, like Jake Neighbors with the Edmonton Oil Kings, really good hockey player. You know, the Winnipeg Ice have a long list of players yeah. as well. Um, you know, Kyle Prinkovic is another one. I mean, you know, again, top three in scoring in the league. Um, and this is a guy that he feels like he's been playing forever with Saskatoon, but he's only in his fourth season. Um, you know, to me I think, you know, Kyle Kukovic is is a good bet on that. I mean, if you're thinking about forwards, um, you know, defensively I'd look at, you know, Damon Hunt and Caden Gooley would be two guys mm-hmm. that would pop into my mind. But uh, you know, I think I think Connor Bedard would be up there in my mind. Probably the obviously the best probably sixteen year old, but um, you know, best player in the East, I think that would be tough. I think that would be tough.
0: No, that's a, and that's a fair comment, and uh, I always ask you because you're pretty measured in your response. Have the standings gone kind of how you have expected to this point?
8: Um, yes and no. Like, I think Edmonton and Winnipeg sitting on top, I think, is no surprise to anybody. I think this is what everybody kind of expected to see out of them. Um, I think sorry, Red Deer and Moose Shot sitting three and four right now some people might find that surprising because they were two teams that, you know, if there was a playoff in their hub seasons last year, they would have missed the playoffs, mm-hmm. and you know, I think, and that's where I think Steve Walchuk and Marco Leary, I hope they get some some votes for coach of the year, because they've done great jobs. I think those two might be surprise teams for individuals. I think, you know, the Brandon Wheat Kings got off to such a, a, a slow start to the season. Um, you know, I would expect to see them a little bit higher coming into this year, but you know, and I would tip my hat to the Swift-Kern Broncos as well. I think they've done a good job battling. They're a young team with 10, 17-year-olds on their roster. And for them, you know, coming into this weekend tied for that final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference, you know, some people might find that as a surprise, perhaps. So, you yeah. know, I think there is some surprises. There's some expected teams, you know, at the top and then, you know, maybe in the middle. But uh, it's, been a good, it's been a good run. I, me, Ballsy, I like this strictly Eastern Conference schedule. Every game is important, and that's what I like about it. Not to say the games yeah. in the Western Conference were not important in the past, but I think the fact that every game in the Eastern Conference and with the playoffs going 1-8, to eight, it's just amplified it. It's four-point games every single time you step out on the ice this year. To me, that's made it so exciting and so great to watch this year.
0: Well, I've listened to you for quite a few years, and you've really developed into a real good, polished announcer. Thanks for this, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, James. Anytime Balzi, hey, good luck in the broadcast tonight. Thanks, bud. I appreciate that. Yeah, you get to I don't get to ride the bike as much as James Gallo, but I do get to ride it once in a while. Uh, all our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline, dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials coming up Monday. Glenn Souter and I will be live at the South Albert Western Pizza. Derek Moncrief will join us. We'll give away home opening. Uh, The home opening game, uh, tickets to that. Well, You can have autographs and uh, hang out with us for a couple of hours there on Monday. As it's suitcase suitor and ballsy on the road for the sports cage on Monday. Coming up on the other side, I'm going to tell you why shopping carts, the true test of humanity. This is the sports cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM hey thanks for joining us on the sports cage on this snowy friday wherever you are slow it down you can always text us 936-6262 it's our text line powered by capital gmc buick cadillac saskatchewan's number one gm dealership we will update the roads if you give us updates at by texting us at 936-6262 we'd be pleased to pass on the information sports is important but not more important than your driving safety make sure you clear off the snow make sure you give yourself some time on the road and some space between vehicles turn your lights on you know be a good neighbor as they like to say we heard that a lot with the vaccine be a good teammate well why don't you be a good teammate with uh, regards to driving and updating People too, like I said, by texting 936-6262. As I mentioned, Nelson Holmes, our sponsor for this show, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza about their specials. And speaking of Western Pizza, I'll be on the road with Glenn Suter, albeit South Albert. It's not like we're going to a different city, but we will be on the road, me and Suitcase soon. The South Albert Western Pizza with our good buddy Spiro will be giving away tickets to the Riders' Home Opener. We'll have some autographs from Glenn Suter. Maybe a couple of riders will join us and some great pizza specials in-house there with Spiro at the uh, South Albert Western Pizza. Okay. We do live in a divided world, convoy, no convoy, mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine, Uh, liberal, conservative, Republican, Democrat, now Ukraine and Russia. I want to talk about this because it just happened to me last night, as a matter of fact, before the snow blew in. Time for a little gospel according to Ballsy. Went to the grocery store, it's an empty lot, me and four other cars. I come out and this shopping cart is against my vehicle. Now I'm not driving a Ferrari or anything ultra expensive, but come on, have some respect for somebody else's vehicle. Return the damn shopping cart. And I saw this online and I agree. The shopping cart is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing. Now hear me out. To return the shopping cart is an easy, convenient task, one which we all should recognize as the correct, appropriate thing to do. To return the shopping cart is objectively right. There are no situations other than dire emergencies in which a person is not able to return the shopping cart. It's literally six feet away to put the shopping cart away. Simultaneously, it's not illegal to abandon your shopping cart. Therefore, the shopping cart is a symbol itself as the apex example of whether a person will do what is right without being forced to do it. No one's gonna punish you for not returning the shopping cart, no one will fine you or kill you for not returning the shopping cart, and you gain nothing by returning the shopping cart. Unless, of course, you're at Superstore and they have the loony one where you get the loony back. And you know what? I used to call that a a scam, but it's not. It's actually a good idea. You must return the shopping cart out of the goodness of your own heart. You must do it because it's the right thing to do. Now, a person who is unable to do this or won't do this, like last night in my example, is no better than an animal, an absolute savage, who can only be made to do what is right by threatening them with the law and the force that stands behind it. It's true. The shopping cart is what determines whether a person is a good or bad member of society. End of discussion. End of rant. All right, back with Ballsy, and I'm joined by the great tight end, former tight end in the NFL, Super Bowl champ with the Broncos, but you know him from the 49ers, Vernon Davis. How are you, Vernon?
9: Good, how are you?
0: Good, man. So you, you may have been taken back by the nickname. Ballsy wasn't on my birth certificate. My name is Michael Ball. Everybody calls me Ballsy. What's your nickname? What's your nickname?
9: My name. They call me Duke. When I was in college, they used to say the Duke. Vernon, the Duke Davis.
0: That is outstanding. Hey, you got a show on Fox, a reality show, Domino Masters. This looks pretty cool, actually, man. Tell me about it. Yeah, Domino Masters is
9: a cool show. It's a competition show where teams, 16 teams come in and they have a chance to compete for $100,000, but only one team wins. And we judge them based upon their topple. The topple. Mm-hmm. The mathematics of the design, storytelling, the creativity, and the color combinations, and their display. You know, we want to make sure that everything is proportionate, and they take pride in creating these builds.
0: And we have different themes. Can you take, give us an uh, example? Take us inside of it here on the radio. What's a, what's an example of a uh, of a theme that you have? A theme would be sports night.
9: So we have sports night where they have to have uh, maybe incorporate. Something from a team, right? Maybe it's a team, it's a football when they build uh, out, and they're building all of this out of the dominoes. So they build a football field, they can build a goal post, they can use a goal post prop, but we also want to see them build a goal post uh, within their dominoes as well. You, you see what I'm saying? Oh, so yeah. You have this kind of like this three dimensional 3D um, uh, platform that you'll see, but it's so cool. And they also have to, incorporate maybe uh water or fire and things of that nature. Uh. So it's pretty cool without getting the show away, but it's it's awesome.
0: Hey uh, and that's Wednesday debuts on Fox. Vernon, um, were you a Domino's guy? Are you a domino master? Were you in a board games growing up as a young guy? I w- you know what? We played we played some dominoes
9: a little bit when I was uh, when I was young. But I would be the guy that would go off to the side and set dominoes up and toppling them. I didn't know what I was doing, but it felt good. It felt great.
0: Hey, what's more taxing? Because you're an actor, too. You're in the TV production side. What's more taxing, being a football player or being in the entertainment business, Vernon Davis? I, For me, I think
9: being a football I would say being a football player because we put our bodies on the line. And sometimes you get up out of the bed, you, you don't feel like moving, you can't can't really walk because of the aches and pains your feet, sore. it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot there. So I would say that's more attractive, for sure.
0: So uh, can you replicate the rush of playing in front of uh, 60,000 fans, say in a Super Bowl, by being on TV in a show like this, the Domino Masters, or... Uh you know acting in a show or putting together a show like I know football players athletes say it's it's hard to replicate that rush does this kind of do it for you what the, the acting or dominoes the, the acting the dominoes anything to do in the entertainment business does that kind of replicate or try to make up for for that
9: it does it does it does replicate because when you look at acting acting is similar there's the similarities with acting and football so the preparation right you prepare and prepare and then when I go in front of the camera, just like going in on a football field on game day, it's the same feeling when you get in front of the camera. You just you just so into the moment and you lose yourself and you're just all about what's going on right now. And with Domino Masters, look, it's a big competition show. Probably the biggest competition show there is right now that will be on television. Because I mean, these kids, you gotta think, they come in, kids and adults, they come in. And this is what something they've been doing all of their life. They've been waiting for this moment. They've been waiting for an opportunity to get on a stage like this and perform in front of millions of people for a chance to win a hundred thousand dollars money that they will probably never see in the next two to three years. It's going to take some time, but they're doing it right here right now. And if they get sent home, I mean, that's not good for them. I mean, they're. I mean, there's, it's awful. It's horrible. Yeah. And you see that on this show. You'll see, how important it is to them to be able to come out victorious and win.
0: So, how did you get asked to uh, get on this show, Domino Masters?
9: Well, I had to audition for it. Okay, yeah, how- it didn't just fall in my lap.
0: Yeah. I had to audition for it, unfortunately. You know, is it, okay. So let me let let's let's try to draw a parallel here because we're during it's combines now. The combine in the NFL. How does that? You know, you're auditioning there for teams. Well, what's that like compared to auditioning for something like this?
9: Yeah. So the audition for this is there's um. There's some similarities, but the the difference is that I was playing football for so long and I was waiting for an opportunity to um to be able to get drafted and and just live the dream. You know, and Domino Masters is something that came about. So, you know, the the emotional side just was totally different. Mm-hmm. But me being competitive, I also want to make sure that I secure this audition. You know what I mean? So yeah. securing audition was very important to because I wanted to be a part of something special, well, something different.
0: Well, I always love watching you play. You were competitive. i got to slip in two quick football questions before we circle around and promote Domino Masters one more time. You won the Super Bowl with Manning in Denver. You lost one with the Niners in the Harbaugh Bowl when the lights went out. Do, do you think about the win more or the loss more? Because I talked to a lot of great athletes, and they say the sting of defeat hangs with them more than the, the ecstasy of victory. How about for Vernon Davis?
9: I think about the win because once you win the Super, once you when you win the Super Bowl, the loss doesn't really count. I mean, it's like you don't think about it anymore because it goes away. But if you don't win a Super Bowl, then you, you start to think about that that loss. But let me tell you something. I'm such a positive, optimistic person. Mm-hmm. That loss, when I when you when I would think about the loss that we had in that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 47. I would just tell myself, hey, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be able to make it to the Super Bowl and experience that because most people don't get an opportunity to experience what I experienced in that game. I mean, the the ebb and flows of a game like that, can you imagine? I mean, you played against the biggest guys like Ed Reed and Ray Lewis at the time. So going ahead to head with those guys was, I mean, it's not going to get any better than that. So I can take that with me for the rest of my life.
0: It's a great point. Uh, two more quick questions for you. They say nostalgia helps with depression and, and, and helps uh, prop up your spirits. So you look back to some fond memories. If you could be in one play or one game again and relive that moment, what would it be, Vernon Davis?
9: For me, it would be the game we played against the New Orleans Saints. The first time we made it to the playoffs. I would want to relive that game because that game was so up and down. I mean, my emotions – I mean, I had to go see a therapist after that game because (laughs) it was so – it was just – it was a lot. It was a lot. Jimmy Graham scored the touchdown, and then, you know, everyone thought the game was over. Yeah. We went out there. We were able to make that amazing drive, and then I had that game-winning catch with a few seconds on the clock, and we came out victorious. So if I can relive that game, uh, I would love to. Even though it was emotional, I was still – want to relive that game because it was such a joy.
0: Vernon, last question for you, and it ties into Domino Masters. And the question I just asked you, we talk about, uh, you know, positivity and having fun. That's what I like about reality shows. It takes your brain off of what's going on in this world right now when so much is going on. And when I saw the trailer to this, it is. I know there could be some heartbreak for some of these kids, like you said, but there's also the ecstasy of winning and the creativity. That's what I kind of, that's what intrigues me about this show.
9: Yes. Yes, absolutely, and I can't wait for you to actually see the show. I mean, the show is going to be a phenomenal show, man. It's uh, very intriguing, very, uh, very, uh, such a thrill to be able to, you know, be out there with those guys and be able to create this with them, and to actually get back and see it is still thrilling. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it.
0: Well, Duke, thank you very much for uh, joining us here on the Sports Cage. Can't wait to see the show. It's next Wednesday debut's after the mass singer. It's uh Domino Master. at uh, man, I can't wait. Thanks for this, buddy. Oh, uh, you
9: you're welcome. No problem.
0: That's Vernon Davis, former San Francisco 49er, but he did win the Super Bowl with with the uh, Manning and the Broncos and that probably salvaged his career. A lot of guys uh don't get a chance to win. I know he said he's positive, but it's easy to be positive Zinger when uh when you win a super bowl
6: alongside peyton manning and he uh he was also on washington too wasn't yep, he, he to played yeah. on play washington with the commanders yeah they weren't the
0: Commanders. yeah they weren't the, no and yeah he was in the harbaugh, uh harbaugh bowl when the lights went out remember that one
6: yeah i remember that one that was the the 2012 season so that would have been february 2013 if my calculations mm-hmm. me correct in the new orleans Superdome. So, yeah, I remember that one. I was I was cheering for the Ravens that day. I'm not going to lie. No, Sorry, I was Brandon, but... for,
0: I, no, I was cheering for the 49ers, and uh, they actually came back into that game after yeah. the lights went out. Remember they were
6: like on the five-yard line at the end of the game, and they had like a couple cha- uh, cracks at it to win the game, and they just couldn't get it in mm-hmm. the end zone. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Wasn't
0: it the year before that where Richard Sherman... Went off on the 49ers. Wasn't that the year? Or Was that the year after? Uh,
6: that that would have been that would have been the year after. Yeah, I year think, after. because the twenty thirteen season yeah, yeah then, is the one that uh, yeah. the
0: yeah yeah. So anyway, uh, Vernon Davis, part of. Uh, Domino Master. It It's after the mass Singer on Fox. Do you watch reality shows? Do you like, do you have a favorite? Do you watch any of them?
6: Well, I, I watch actually quite a few of them on Netflix these okay. days with my fiance. Too Hot to Handle is one that we polished off. How about Love is Blind? Love, is is, love We're watching that one right now. Uh, love is Blind. They sit in two separate rooms and they talk to each other. They fall in
0: love with each other. <laughs> that's, the- that's total garbage. You gotta be... Would you have fallen in love with your fiance if you couldn't actually do the eyeball test on her? I know you'll tell me that's superficial, but that is the truth. You got... You can't not... See somebody to fall in, fall yeah. in love with no. them.
6: Yeah, look, looks matter. Okay, yeah. looks matter in my book. I,
0: I haven't watched Joe Millionaire yet, but that one's kind of cool. Where one guy's a millionaire and one isn't a millionaire, and you have to decide which one isn't.
6: Oh my goodness! There's another one too called F F Boy Island on uh, oh. uh, Crave. It's another one. <laughs> you need to get a life zinger. I
0: will tell you this: this looks kind of cool. Did you ever play dominoes when you were a kid?
6: I uh, I most recently played dominoes on Red Dead Redemption 2. You have to play a lot of dominoes on that. It's a oh. Okay. game, yeah, So yeah, I, yeah. I played it at that and also in uh, when I was a kid, I was a big Domino's player. Very good at it too, by the way. So nice. yeah. where
0: did uh where did Vernon Davis rank for you as a tight end back in the day when he was in his heyday? He just retired in twenty twenty, by the way.
6: In his heyday, he was probably like a he was for sure a top five, top three tight end. I don't think end. he
0: was good as Antonio Gates. No, no, but like he he was he was a top five tight yeah. end oh, in the for National sure. Football
6: League. Yeah, for for, sure. for a stretch of uh, time there. I saw him play live at uh, at the uh, Lambeau. Uh, in, in uh, 2012, I think it was. Yeah, did, so,
0: d- was he pretty was he look pretty good up close?
6: Yeah, he was good. Randy Moss was also on the 49ers at the time, too, and he oh, scored a touchdown. Randy Moss. Us. Boy, yeah. that's a... That was quite a game. Last to...
0: question for you before I'm... Because it could happen this weekend, I doubt it. Cut. But uh, Tom Brady, does he come out... Or, does he play for the 49ers? He slept in his old bedroom, and I <laughs> bet you that Joe Montana poster was still hanging on the wall. He just stayed with his mom and dad the other yeah, night. Yeah,
6: uh, he's planting seeds there. Yeah. He's planting seeds. I don't think he's coming. Coming back this year, but I think he's gonna make a comeback next year. Oh no, he's I, too old. After no, no, the, no. He's the type of guy that if there's one guy to do it, it's mm-hmm. Tom Brady. If there's one guy to take a year off to, you know, mm-hmm. get his body right, if you mm-hmm. will, it's mm-hmm. him.
0: Hey, uh, coming up, we got a Jim Mullen from Football Canada. We're talking about something cool that's happening in Edmonton. It seems to be turning around even at the amateur level in Edmonton, and maybe this. Canada Cup coming to Saskatchewan very soon. We're also going to do our Sports Cage Rewind where we go back this week we had a great bunch of shows we pick a bit or an interview and replay it for you and for that we're going to take uh, uh, our time with Ben Hebert again who is uh, kicking off today against Saskatchewan at the Briar 730 and before the end of the show we have an announcement from the U of R Rams and we'll talk to their outstanding receiver Emmett Stedman. This is the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. 5.52 5.52 with the sports
6: ticker. Got the Briar starting up tonight. Got a Saskatchewan taking on Alberta at 7.30. And Matt Dunstone's wildcard rink, they take on New Brunswick. Also at 7.30. Excited to watch that over the weekend. And women's hockey Olympic gold medalist Sarah Nurse expressed some optimism on Friday for the prospect of possibly a professional women's hockey league in Canada. She said, a quote, we're very close and very optimistic it's going to happen in the near... Future nurse said. Sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right, 781-2090.
0: All right, Jim Mullen, president of Football Canada. Thanks for joining us in the Western Pizza Hotline on this football Friday. Uh, speaking of football, the Canada Cup of Football going to Edmonton. I you know what? We talked about this all week. We had G. Roy Simon on. We had Glenn Souter on yesterday talking about how. Uh, A once-proud franchise, the Edmonton Eskimos, now Elks, really kind of was circling the drain, but they get a new president. They're selling season tickets. They bring back the iconic logo, and I I see this as another thing. Hey, Edmonton's getting back to some prominence in the football scene.
10: Yeah, well, it's nice to bring the Canada Cup there leading into the World Championships, uh, the World Junior Championships, that is, in 2024, and as I always like to remind people, we are the two-time defending world junior champions in gridiron football, Canada is. Mm-hmm. And we will defend our title uh, in Edmonton in 2024. Um, we started a new bid process uh, at Football Canada so that the uh, willing provinces or third parties uh, could step up and uh, and host this event. And uh, and produce a better event uh, for Football Canada and its participants. And Football Alberta stepped up, but it wasn't just Football Alberta. They they joined in with Edmonton events. Uh, they're working with the University of Alberta, and as you see, the Edmonton Elks are also a part of this. So uh, really, it's uh, it's an exercise in coalition building to uh, get the best possible event out uh, for the incoming seniors at uh, the high school level.
0: This year's event uh, being hosted in Kelowna, B.C. from July 9th to the 17th. Alberta's hosted it five times previously. Um, I don't see Regina or Saskatchewan on this list. Could we see that in the future or is this too well I shouldn't say it's too big event because we're having the Grey Cup here. Is it something we could look forward to maybe in a Saskatoon in Regina or jointly somewhere down the line?
10: Well, I can tell you that uh, Football Sask has put in a letter of interest for 2024. And uh, they've wanted the uh, bid process in place sometime so that uh, they could put their name forward uh, for this event. And, uh, you know, given some of the uh, discussions in and around uh, what Football Sask does and what they want to do uh, with this event for Regina, uh, I I think there's a lot of strength there, and, I, and I'd lean heavily to, to betting. If there is any betting line up there on that, seems to be betting lines on everything these days, uh, I might put my money down on Regina for 2024, but uh, the process still has to play out. Yeah,
0: okay. So uh, in terms from your vantage point as president of Football Canada, we brag about how good we are. We know we have a great uh Uh, program here in Saskatchewan with Football Saskatchewan. In Regina, I can speak with the Regina Minor Football and what they do over there with uh, Kelly Hamilton, Len Antonini, Jeff Stusick and the gang and their board of volunteers. How do you see Football Saskatchewan and what goes on here at the grassroots level from your perch as the president of Football Canada?
10: Well, one thing that, uh, and one name that you've uh, left out is Flag Football and what Mike Thomas has done there. Yes, for sure, yes. Uh, You know, they have the uh, biggest Flag League in Canada. There's more numbers in Ontario. There's more numbers in BC, but in terms of a of a single flag league, it's the biggest in Canada. And the future of the game to get athletes engaged at a young age is flag football. Um if really, you know, when we take a look at what uh, what Mike's done there um in Regina, it's the model for the rest of the country. And I know there's been a lot of lessons picked up by the new leadership that uh, football Ontario that's really put an emphasis on flag and they've seen their registration numbers go through the roof as a result just in the space of one year
0: you know you look at it could be an Olympic sport down the line uh, flag football uh, and and you and I kind of talked about this I don't remember if it was on my podcast or if it was actually us just talking on the phone uh, off the air but could we see Uh, you know, expenses and everything like that. Injuries. Could we see this be competitive at the U Sports level, where it's either female or male, and we have teams playing at the U Sports level? Flag football.
10: Well, uh, there's two things there. Uh, First of all, I am Secretary General of IFAF now.
0: Mm.
1: Um, Wow, was
10: just uh, appointed uh, to that role, so I do have some information. On the progress of flag football and the Olympics, and we are definitely on the radar for l a twenty twenty eight uh, you know we 'll start finding out about that process next spring uh, but but it does look um, warm, shall we say uh, <laughs> when it comes to going to Los Angeles uh, in regard to flag football one and and the university level. Um, you know, I put out this idea about two years ago that you know we needed to have a collegiate flag championship uh, that that was uh, that was based on a club system, and you know there there were already women's leagues that were affiliated with universities in Ontario and uh, and Quebec uh, that had developed. So this May we have the Canadian Collegiate Flag Football Championship. Right now it's just women uh, that that are playing at this level. Um, I reached out uh, to Jim Pankovich, uh, the uh, president commissioner of the CJFL, and I I have talked to a few people in the CJFL. We would really like to see the CJFL in this case uh, take the bull by the horns with their uh, athletes who are attending a university and start affiliating those CJFL brands. Yes. Uh, uh, with the universities that, that their uh, uh, athletes attend to create some flag teams in the spring as not just a training exercise, but a competitive exercise as well. And I think, uh, you know, maybe in a year's time, we we can see a men's division uh, as well for the Canadian Collegiate Flight Football Championship.
0: You know, respect. You know Not just as a friend, but as a guy in a a very important seat in this country in a very important time for the sport of football, not only in the world, but in particular Canada coming out of a pandemic. Now, once we get back to a CFL week, and I sure hope we do get back to a CFL week, and I would like to see it in one spot. And I know they're looking at moving it money-wise to make more cash in the NFL, but they've had that combine in Indy all the time there for, for years and years and years, and I know the the, the personnel in the NFL, they don't want to move it. They like it there. But, I mean, they don't call the shots. The, the owners call the shots. But where I'm going with this is I would like the to see a, foul, uh, see a CFL week. Let's say in Regina since we're talking on a Regina radio station. We have like a CFL. Glenn Suter mentioned this. We have like a CFL skills competition with current guys to kind of promote that. But then we have an amateur thing like a flag football tournament or some sort of some sort of thing to incorporate Football Canada amateur football. Is that something we could see down the line here?
10: Well, this past year we did a soft launch of Football Weekend in Canada, right. and, and I think it was a good way to plant a flag there. Uh, I'm not sure if we got uh, the, the buy-in from, uh, from some of the more senior stakeholders that we would have liked to, uh, but they did pay attention the first time around. Uh, we're targeting uh, Football Weekend in Canada right now for the third week in September. Uh, the Panda Game is a game that lands on there. We did uh, we did something called the Rouge Zone where we covered every CIS game that was happening at the same time and zipped in and zipped out and it was received really well actually. Um, I, I think there is the uh, desire from a partner like a TSN and I think there's a desire from uh, the CFL to do more with what we were working on uh, with the with the football weekend in Canada. That being said, something outside of the season in, in, a, in a January, February, March window I think has, uh, has a lot of potential traction to it. And it may actually be a good landing point for what we're doing with the Canadian Collegiate Flag Championship. Um, you know, there's a, there may be some synergy there because right now it's the first week of May thing. doesn't mean that we can't move it back into a, into a window where it's March or, or February.
0: Well, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Where are you off to? when I, As we talk night, right now, where are you off to?
10: Well, you know, <laughs> doing this Football Canada gig can get really tough sometimes and quite overwhelming. Yeah. And I want to get about as far away from football as possible for two weeks. Uh, I am uh, jumping on a plane. I'm right now on a ferry, but I'm going to be jumping on a plane and going to Zawantanao. Uh, you, you remember in the Shawshank Redemption where Red was working on his boat? Yeah. That's the one, Naoh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting the hell out of Dodge, man, and I don't want to talk about football for another two weeks. Well, I'm glad I
0: got to talk to you before you went all silent uh, for two weeks. Thanks, man. Enjoy your holiday; it's well deserved, and uh, you're welcome on this show anytime.
10: Great. Thanks very much, Balzey.
0: Time now for the Sports Cage Rewind where we take a look back at our best interview or bit of the week. And today, we go back to a conversation we had earlier this week with Ben Hebert of Regina. Curling royalty here in Canada as he's playing in his 14th Briar, which is starting today in Lethbridge. Yeah, we couldn't start this show in a better way than with uh, one of the greatest curlers ever, Ben Hebert from Regina. Heebs, how many Briers is this for you now?
4: I wouldn't have known this till yesterday I got asked actually to show uh, 14 14 buyers for me.
0: Wow. So uh, I guess my next question do you remember your first?
4: Oh, of course. Yeah, 2005 Edmonton, one of the best ones I was in with Pat Simmons. I was first year at the Juniors, and it was sold out uh, at Rexall Place in the old Edmonton Barn, so it was uh we weren't we weren't great. We were pretty young and green, but a uh, cool experience.
0: Is there is there anything in particular you remember about that though specifically? The patch <laughs> Mostly. Is that maybe why you didn't play so well?
4: No, I think we were we were kinda of doomed for fourth, fifth, sixth place at that time. It's kinda of where we fell. But uh and Wayne Madaw was in that prior, Randy Furby, Sean Adams, you know, there's lots of great teams. Um and I just remember being young and yeah, the pass was rocking and you know, that's kinda of, was the old school curling when you were, you know, drinking beers and getting up with a little bit of a hangover and throwing some stones. So that was a, a different era than now. I won't be doing that this week coming up with the briar. But uh, super fun briar. And, uh, yeah, I do remember it. So I, you, had, I had a nice head of hair and some frosted yeah, tips too. Wait, a lot you, better than Oh, now.
0: frosted tips. I love it. So that leads me into my next question. So uh, you're a happily married man, so that you're off you're off the menu, so to speak. But I always wondered, did curlers – have how do I put this for our family-friendly audience? Did Do curlers have adoring fans like other athletes?
4: <laughs> I mean, depends on the curler, I guess. You know, my old teammate Johnny Moe, handsome devil, he's got fans everywhere. It doesn't matter if he's a curler or a firefighter, but, uh, you know, there's uh, there's been the odd uh, relationship that seems to connect through the <laughs> curling world.
0: Hard, hard, so, hurry, hard, hurry, there hard. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I often wondered in that run if Randy... Furby was pulling chicks.
4: <laughs> oh, the old Furb. Oh, Furb was a great guy. I never seen him any wheel and deal any babes, but he was, uh, he was a fun guy, fun guy to have a cocktail with. Or,
0: or you know, like we're, we're not trying to be specific here. It's a new world, so I don't care who you like. I just always wondered if curlers had uh, adoring fans. Now, you're playing in Lethbridge this year. Your home province is Saskatchewan, but you're out of Alberta now. Is it nice to be close to home, close to the home nest in, in uh, Chestermere?
4: Oh, it's the best. Yeah, we're we're an hour and forty-five, you know, two hours away from Lethbridge, and uh, got a bunch of my coworkers, colleagues coming down from from Caltech that I work with, a bunch of my buddies I play men's night with here in Chestermere, a bunch of my hockey team. They're taking a party bus party bus there and back. My man Bo Bo's coming down for a couple of days, so uh, yeah, going to have a ton of ton of friends and family. Wife and kids are coming. and I think uh, a little bit of a crew from Regina might even head up. So it's always better. At this point in my career, I love playing close to home and be able to, you know, get, get a little extra energy from the crowd. I don't like being booed in Newfoundland and, and Ontario, <laughs> so this is, uh, this is better.
0: So your uh, buddy Bo Levi-Mitchell, will he heckle you at the briar?
4: No, hell no! He'll be heckling the other team. He's a good fan. He's a ruthless American, right? They don't, they don't give a shit. So he's going to be letting it <laughs> rain.
0: So in terms of Bo Levi Mitchell, like, is he really he is a curling fan now, or is he just a Ben Hebert fan, or or is he going to bet on the games? That's why he's a fan.
4: Hundred percent, he'll be gambling on the games. I can guarantee you that. He's he he likes to throw money on anything. We were we were chatting. He was down in Texas a few weeks ago, and he was sending me some picks. He was betting on like cricket and soccer and stuff that he's never even seen so yeah he's fully into it he'll i'm sure he'll dabble some cash but no i think he i think he enjoys the game and strategy i took him out to throw some stones and i think he has a little more appreciation for it now that he realizes how hard it was to make some shots but no he he always messages me like you know football pump-up quotes that you would say to your football teammates about curling and i'm like i don't know if this translates to my sport but i like it so it's all good
0: okay so uh benny if i was to uh if I was to put money on curling besides the Kevin Cooey rink, who would I bet on? Uh, saying that we're we're already assuming you're going to win, but if something <laughs> happens and you spend too much time in the patch and you don't win, uh, who would you put your money on besides the Cooey rink? Yeah, I think,
4: I don't know. I mean, the usual suspects are the favorites for a reason. I mean, uh, I think Gushu coming off the Olympics, I'm not sure what to expect from them. They might be really, really tired and content or they might be hungry to to get out there and win and they're always a tough team and obviously Brad Jacobs, you know, they gave us a good beat down in the Olympic trial semi was the last time we, we played them, so I'm really looking forward to playing them again. And they're a great team with my old teammate Mark Kennedy and then and then you got you got some dark horses that are that are pretty good too. Uh you know, obviously Matt Dunstone, Brennan Botcher, uh with his new team, you know, there's you know, Colton Flash even our other old teammates. So who knows, there could be some upsets but if if I, had to, uh, if I had to throw some cash on it, which I can't because I'm playing it, and I'm not, not Pete Rose over here, <laughs> uh, I would be, uh, <laughs> you know, I'd probably be dabbling the, the main top three.
0: Okay, that's a good way. Thanks for the inside uh, uh, tips there on the big curling event, the uh, Tim Hortons, Brier and Lethbridge. Okay, i got to uh, ask you about the outdoor skins game here. That was a first for you and a guy that's had a long and glorious career. It di- you didn't win, but what was it like playing outdoors at Mosaic Stadium in Regina? Yeah,
4: no, no, I mean, it was awesome. It was a super cool event and something that, you know, we've never really been a part of before. And, you know, the crowd was good. The ice was horrendous. It was like curling in a parking lot. But, uh, you know what? I'd never curled on natural ice before or anything like that. You hear these stories from the old veterans about swinging corn broom for 12 ends and natural ice. We're like, yeah, yeah, beat it. And then we actually got to curl, and I'm like, yeah, no, I wouldn't have been very good at this. So, it was uh, it was a super unique experience. We got super lucky with the weather there in Regina being like minus six, just perfect. And beers were flowing. People were having whiskeys. We had a bunch of laughs. I got to see a whole bunch of curling community that I haven't seen in years. So that was awesome. And, yeah, Dunstone's team uh, – they had to buy dinner that night, so it was all good. Was finally, because I I don't get to see their wallet very often, so it's perfect. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. Hey, so John Ryan came back here in, in a you know to wrap up his professional career with the Riders. He wanted to win a Grey Cup here. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Uh, we know that's hanging over the Saskatchewan curling community. We haven't won a Briar since 1980. Might Ben Hebert like to wrap his career up here one day?
4: Yeah, I don't know. I. Uh... You know, I know there's going to be a, a big shake-up here um, after this briar here next week. There's going to be a whole bunch of new teams uh, being formed and, and breaking up for the next quadrennial and teams trying to build not only the best teams in Canada but the world there with you know, Scotland and Sweden really having some dominant teams. So I don't know where I fall uh, in this landscape. I thought, you know, a few people reach out, a couple calls, but um, I think you'll see a few new teams being built and some really good, powerful teams here over the next, three four weeks i imagine and i guess i cross my fingers that i'm on one of them but uh i'm not sure where it would be uh if it's here in alberta i'm happy and you know if something ever opened up in saski you never know but uh i think uh I think for where I'm at in my career right now, with with life and and family and kids, uh, there's a pretty good chance I'm sticking around Alberta.
0: Okay, Ben Hebert, a couple more quick questions for you. Money over legacy? It's a tough question. Maybe not for you. Let's let me. You like golf too? The Saudis are starting a breakaway golf league, and they're offering. They offered Bryson DeChambeau um, uh, 134 million to go to their league. Uh, but the the caveat is, if you go to their league, the PGA says any player leaving. Can never play in the PGA again. You're expelled. So, would you, if you were a golfer, would you leave the PGA and go for a guaranteed paycheck? Say $50 million. Like, you're a you're a journeyman guy like Charles Howell III, who just, I think, topped $40 million in career earnings but has never won a big tourney. Would you take a $50 million payday knowing you could never have a chance at one of those majors? Money over legacy. What do you do?
4: 100% I'm gone. I mean, if I'm... If I'm Rory and Bryson and Tiger and Phil all the guys that win all the majors, Justin Thomas, and, and they already have, you know, 50 to 100 to 200 to 400 million, I'm sticking all day for Legacy. If I'm a, you know, a mediocre guy on the tour and I'm grinding for the cut every week and I'm looking to take care of my family and my kids' kids and their kids' kids forever, I'm taking the cash and see you later, boys. That's what, that's what I'd be doing.
0: Nice. Okay. Okay, you degenerate. You like to gamble. You got me hooked, too, so I'm going to ask you this. Give me your Stanley Cup winner right now. We're about a month or so away from the uh, – month and a half from the playoffs. Who is going to win the Stanley Cup?
4: I haven't seen a whole bunch of the Eastern Conference, um, but I've been pretty dialed into the West here with obviously being in Calgary, and uh, Colorado looks unreal. I really like them, but I this is going to sound ultra-homerish, and I'm a bit of a homer. But the Calgary Flames right now, I went to two games last week. I've been to, like, I think I was at, like, two games all year prior to that because of COVID and masks and all the BS whatever, so I, I wasn't participating. But I went last week, and they were opened up, and I got to see two back-to-back Flames games, and they are steaming. They're deep. Markstrom's an unbelievable goalie. They have the best line in hockey with Johnny G and Linholm and Tachuk, and I think the Flames are going to win the Stanley Cup
0: okay and i'm not red
4: mile red uh, Miles going to be rocking here in Calcutta.
0: and i'm not totally against that although uh the big uh question mark is will johnny g fold like a cheap tent again in the playoffs how about monahan will he actually show up or are those two guys in witness protection program
4: yeah but monahan's on the third and fourth line mm-hmm. now they, they have him just grinding they don't have him on the top line anymore so he can he can just kind of do what he does and fill a good role he's playing well and uh a lot less pressure on him not playing on yeah, the first line, so good, I like their chances. And Daryl Sutter's the, man.
5: Yeah, Sutter's the
0: man. yeah, he is a great coach. Yeah, co- he is a great coach. He kind of has that, oh, shucks, uh, a, a monotone voice. But I'll tell you what, the dude's a smart coach, and he's won a Stanley Cup or two, right? <laughs> I love him. I love him. Yeah. yeah. Well, good luck, Benny. I appreciate you stopping by. Uh, you know, you're my favorite curler, and uh, can't wait to see what you can do with the Tim Hortons Brier.
4: Ballsy, what is the scoop with the voice of the riders? I hear you might be in line. Are they gonna are they gonna step up and give the give the champ a shot at the title or what?
0: I don't I I'd like to think so, but uh oh, yeah. time will tell. I t- these things take time, so I'm told. It's been,
4: <laughs> that's well, you, been... you, you got my you got my vote. So uh, I'd like to see you get that gig. I think yeah, your time is up. You're ready to roll.
0: Thanks for this, man. It's been nice chatting with you, buddy. Hey,
4: okay, Ballsy. Take care, buddy.
0: Well, coming up at the bottom of the hour, Dante DiCaria joins us from the Orange Top, the Brandt Center, Pats and the Red Deer Rebels tonight. Pats coming off a 7-6 thrilling victory where five players had multi-point games against the Brandon Wheat Kings. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, we wrap up the show telling you about the University of Regina Rams. And it's back. The 53rd annual Rams sports dinner will be on Thursday, April 28th. Craig Dickinson will be a special guest along with Mike Pinball Clemens. So you can go to the uh, Rams' Facebook page for more details. Yes, that is the 53rd annual Rams Sports Dinner on Thursday, April the 28th. Now, one of the guys who's an up-and-coming player, still under the radar a bit, he had six catches this year and had some punt returns is Emmett Stedman. He, along with his dad, are over at the Regina Sports Performance Center, uh, training elite athletes. They've got a physio guy on site, basketball court, indoor football and soccer fields. You can play pickleball there. They got the weights, the cardio, the whole nine yards. Let's head out the Western Pizza Hotline to wrap the show up with Emmett Stedman.
5: Oh, it's good so far. We got the Thunder and the Rams training in. Uh, lots more teams on the turf, so hoping to see Regina. Excelling this year in sports.
0: Yeah, so talk about what you guys offer over there. Be the company spokesperson. What do you guys got over there?
5: (laughs) Well, we have a 24-by-50-yard turf space that a lot of athletes use to train multiple different sports. We have football markings, soccer markings, lacrosse markings. We have uh, weight space with plenty of weights, uh, lots of room. And also a basketball court as well.
0: Is football your first love, buddy?
5: Was that always your first love? No, actually, I was a soccer player beforehand and was offered to go up to the U of S to play soccer down there, but football took my heart in my senior year of high school.
0: Yeah, okay, so uh, who turned you on to the game of football, or how did you get turned on to our game of football, Not uh, not the English game of football, so to speak?
5: Um, lots of great coaches along the way. I was coached by Steve Bryce, who was a former University of Regina head coach for a year there. He coached me in RMF, and then Mark McConkie, I got the chance to work with through um, Team tasks. So, lots You're of passion for the game.
0: A guy who is uh, training and, and trying to take that next step, uh, next step at the U Sports level. How cool is it to to have that in your own backyard there, where you can train on your own? Just say, Hey, uh, Dad, I'm going in after hours to to work out on the field. Bring some friends.
5: Yeah, no, it's amazing. We've had lots of our receivers and DBs will go out there and do one-on-ones at least once a week, and it's just an amazing opportunity for us to get better.
0: And I see the selects have been out there, so it's just a great facility over there on Broadway. Make sure you check it out. In terms of your season, just evaluate how your first year of game action went for the U of R Rams.
5: For me personally, I thought it went pretty well. They put me in that punt returner, so that was a lot of fun, but I'm still – Quite small considering it was my first year, so I got lots to work on in terms of size, speed, you know, just getting up to uh, the standard of what they got going on, the elite level that everybody else plays at. How big are you? I'm only about six feet and. I was hundred and seventy pounds last season. This season I'm hoping to come in around one eighty five or one ninety.
0: Okay. So how's your diet change? What are you doing? I know weights are a big component of that, but you gotta put you gotta put gas in the vehicle to make it go down the highway, so to speak. So uh, what's the diet look like? Are you working with the trainer that way or how, how's that going?
5: Yeah, exactly. Um diet is a huge thing. Um I didn't really pay attention or pay enough attention to it in the past, but this year We have a lot of focus at the Rams on nutrition training, eating right, sleeping right, making sure your body gets the rest it needs after pushing the heavy weights and doing all the sprints and all that.
0: Now, you talked about uh, being a punt returner. Did you do that in high school much? I don't remember. I know my son competed against you. uh, He was at Riffle. You're at Miller, of course. But I don't remember you doing a lot of punt returns. Did you do that in high school? No, I didn't get to do a lot of returning. I had a very speedy, talented
5: Kieran Passant beside (laughs) me who went so he did a lot of our returning whereas i was on the kicking end
7: so
0: um it
5: wasn't something i was used to but i fit in pretty well in my first year here
0: what was the what was the biggest thing for you to learn doing that just
5: being able to uh find the space our special teams went for a lot of punt blocks this year so getting the ball it was kind of a one on five one on six most of the time so just creating separation being able to get you know as much as i could from from the return
0: it's a little unnerving in the american game they don't give you any space here you you're supposed to get five yards it's a little unnerving um and and certainly not as easy as catching those end over end kickoffs right yeah i mean
5: with the punts they just go up so high it's hard to to track it well but with the five yard cushion it just makes it so much easier there's a lot less pressure compared to the American game so I got a lot of time to think before mm-hmm. they get a chance to knock my lights out so
0: <laughs> so you had yeah. uh, you had 6 catches this year you were in on almost every offensive snap how do you how do you feel that went where do you got to go to take that next step besides the whole working out and getting bigger in terms of just actually skill running routes what do you got to do better
5: yeah a lot of it at this level is understanding the game you know how to get open where the spaces and zones are going to be on the field in terms of route running, route running, I've done a lot of work just cleaning it up, being more efficient in and out of your breaks, because the the speed of the DBs here is just incredible. You know, one wasted steps and they're still on you like white on ice. So it's it's lots of calculated steps there.
0: Yeah, is there any receiver, uh, you know, either in university on your team, an opponent, or even in the pros that you look up to that you say, hey, I'd like to model my game after that guy?
5: All oh, there's tons. I could go on and on, but I really like to model my game after some of these newer receivers like Cooper Cup, Hunter Renfro, um, just being quick, efficient, out your cuts, and being deceptive overall.
0: Anybody on your team that's helped you out along the way or that you kind of look up to?
5: Oh, yeah, there's lots of these senior guys like Bennett Stusick, Deshaun Mims, Riley Borisma, always giving me little tips, pointers here and there. Even Josh Donnelly as a quarterback has been giving me lots of information as to what he looks for, what works better, what he likes.
0: Emmett, that was a frustrating year, wasn't it? You guys uh, you guys scorched four games, should have been in the playoffs. What was the feeling like at the end of the year?
5: Again, yeah, like you said, frustrating. Um, we, we battled to the end of most games, and we just couldn't finish them. So as a team, I think there's lots that we need to improve on. It should never have got that close in the first place. You know, even though we were close, we'd like to be a good enough team that it doesn't have to be close. We don't have to worry about you know blowing it in the fourth quarter or whatever.
0: Is that a lack of leadership for the team amongst the players? And maybe is it a case of immaturity? How do you blow games like that? I know it's football and they get you know, they work hard too during the week so they've got something to do with the two whoever your opponent is. But where do you think that kind of came from?
5: Yeah, it's tough to say. I think as a team we're still pretty young. You know the experience in terms of the later game, uh, maybe we gassed them maybe we weren't commissioned uh, maybe coaching errors. There could be lots of different ways you can point the finger or point the blame but I think it's just overall as a program, we're, we're still young and uh, on the rise.
0: How happy were you to see Mark McConkey get that interim tag removed from his title?
5: Oh, I loved it. I love Mark as a coach. I think he's extremely passionate about the game. And although he could be seen as inexperienced because he is younger compared to most head coaches in our league, um, his his passion and, again, his drive to just keep getting better keep doing the small things is hopefully going to lead us to more success in this next season
0: you've always been a guy that's been into into the swag what's your favorite rams jersey combination what do you like wearing
5: oh man we played U of S and we got to wear our all white jersey white pants uh white jerseys white socks white gloves it just looked beautiful with the snow
0: that was it you loved it hey that's awesome man all right and has mark as mark told you the offensive coaches told you what they expect from emmett stedman this year
5: they expect a lot more from me to really, um, I played field a out, so for most football players, if you know anything about football, that means you're usually towards the lower end of receivers on the field, so they really expect me to excel in that position and become not a weak link anymore in, in that sense.
0: Okay, so do you have your own personal goals? Like, if you had to se- give me uh, two goals for this season personally, not a Hardy cup and all that stuff, because everybody says that, give me two Emmett Stedman goals this year. You got to have a couple.
5: Um. Yeah, the main thing for me was just gaining the weight in the off season, so that when I'm taking these hits, I don't have to be on my ass or on my back every time.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um,
5: uh, a bit, Another big part is just getting open more often. You know, I only had six catches, and whether or not that was my fault, I think I need to do better in giving the quarterback the opportunity to throw me the ball.
0: Awesome answers, man. I appreciate it. I'll have to pop over there and maybe lift some weights for you. Maybe we can run routes together, although I'll probably throw it a hip. Thanks for this, Emmett.
5: Of course, no problem, Ballsy.
0: And that'll do it for the Sports Cage for this Friday. It's been a great week of shows. If you missed any of the shows, go to our podcast, the Sports Cage podcast, and you can check out all the great interviews and content we had this week. Wherever you get your podcast, please like and give us a great review. We'd really appreciate it. All right, coming up, we got Regina Pats hockey and a reminder on Monday. Glenn Suter and I, suitcase Suter and Ballsy from the road, will be at the uh, South Albert Western Pizza with our good buddy Spiro for the entire show. Some giveaways maybe some riders down there as well. We'll talk to you on Monday.